Tonight on Fig Tree Watchers, here on the West Coast Gospel Hour, we're going to ask the question, what price are you willing to pay to speak the truth? That's next on the West Coast Gospel Hour as we go through the Gospel of Mark. Hey, we've got a great song for you tonight. It's, uh, it is by uh, Elevation, and I think you're going to like it. It has a lot to do with tonight. It's going to be asking this question. It's going to be answering it. We can see a victory. A victory is coming. But we're going to be asking, what price are you willing to pay? And that's next on the West Coast Gospel Hour. So we're going to be uh, inviting some friends on. And as we do, um, we want to let you know some uh, great news that I.O., my my co-host and partner in ministry, and I have come up with and, and developed. Um, we're really excited about the, first off, our figtreewatchers.com, the website. Uh, we know persecution is going to come. We know um, censorship is on the way. We're trying to give you avenues to get information to you uh, so we can be more effective in ministry. And, uh, you know, we've been working on this for over a year, ideas and concepts. Um, that we were thinking about uh, racking our brain and, and we put the website together just for that reason and now not only can you watch these videos live here on Instagram but you can also um, watch the replays on Instagram if you're not an Instagram uh, you know you don't belong to Instagram you don't like social media uh, you can go to our website and you can view the live Bible studies without ever belonging to Instagram. That is what's so cool about it. But we've now added another feature, which is really neat, and now you can listen to them on podcast. So uh, Spotify, Anchor, even Apple iTunes, uh, these are now on the go. So maybe you missed a couple points and uh, maybe you wanna see something else that's going on. Uh, You've got that opportunity. And you can now view it on Spotify and Instagram. It's so cool. And um, Apple iTunes here on the uh, the pot, Apple Op podcast. Then don't forget, we're also on Telegram. And uh, on the website, there's my new post, which is uh, the Congruency of Rebellion, which is the third post in the Lawless series. So... We're really excited about everything that is going on and what God is doing. We're also hearing some great news. Hey, Brother Ricky, thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us, Mahali. It is really awesome and uh, exciting what God is doing. Uh, We're hearing some really great testimonies coming out. Uh, People we didn't know we were reaching. And uh, this is just really exciting news for us and, and we hope for you. Now tonight we will be going through the Gospel of Mark, so please open up your Bibles as we ask you to do that. Um, We're going to be going through Mark 6, 14 through 29. Mark 6, 14 through 29. I'm going to be posting that here on the the Instagram uh, site as we go live. And as always, we want to welcome those of you who are listening to the podcast. You can join us here on Instagram Live. You can enter comments and questions you can email us at info at figtreewatchers.com or you can watch this on the website at figtreewatchers.com you can watch the telegram 
uh, feeds, the Instagram feeds. You can read the posts. Uh, we've got a lot of interaction for you. Um, and if you need a Bible, please message us. We will gladly get you a Bible. Thank you so much uh, for joining us tonight. And uh, let's give it a minute or two more, and we're gonna we're going to uh, begin in prayer. Dear Father God, we come to you, Lord, because we know that we need your help, Lord, in what we're facing right now around the world. Persecution is everywhere and in every country. There is a sickness in the world. It is known as sin and it is inflicted upon every creature and creation itself. It is a virus that is causing us to reject you, O Lord, because it is causing us to choose our own desires instead of the desires you have for us, O Lord. God, we ask you to forgive us of our sins as we get into the word. We ask you to give us revelation through your word. We ask you, O God, to guide us to the truth. And we ask you to give us boldness, Lord, in declaring that truth. God, help us people to come to know Jesus Christ. Lord, if there's anything that is in our hearts that needs to be removed, we ask that you remove it, that you transform our hearts and you renew our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's so good to see you all. And uh, um, I'm so excited about what is going on uh, with this ministry that, that Brother Io and I are part of, that the Lord has allowed us to participate in. Let's begin reading from the scripture, Mark chapter 6, starting with verse 14. Now we've been going to the gospel of Mark, and we're now at this interesting story that begins about John the Baptist, starting in verse 14. Now King Herod heard of him, for his name had become well known. This is, he had heard of Jesus. And he said, John the Baptist is risen from the dead, and therefore these powers are at work in him. Others said, it is Elijah. And others said, it is the prophet, or like one of the prophets. But when Herod heard, he said, this is John, whom I beheaded. He has been raised from the dead. For Herod himself had sent and laid hold of John and bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother's Philip's wife, for he had married her. Because John had said to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Therefore Herodias held it against him and wanted to kill him, but she could not. For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just and holy man, and he protected him. And when he heard him, he did many things, and he heard him gladly. Then an opportune day came when Herod, on his birthday, gave a feast for his nobles, the high officials, the high officers, and the chief men of Galilee. And when Herodias' daughter herself came in and danced and pleased him, Herod and those who sat with him, the king said to the girl, Ask me whatever you want, and I will give it to you. He also swore to her, Whatever you ask me, I will give you up to half my kingdom. So she went out and said to her mother, what shall I ask? And she said, the head 
of John the Baptist. Immediately she came in with haste to the king and asked, saying, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And the king was exceedingly sorry, yet because of the oaths and because of those who sat with him, he did not want to refuse her. Immediately the king sent out an executioner and commanded his head to be brought. And he went and beheaded him in prison because his brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl and the girl gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard of it, they came and took away his corpse and laid it in a tomb. Look, this passage of scripture is kind of like a downer. It's a Debbie Downer moment. Uh, I mean, let's be honest about it. You're reading this. You're hearing all these miracles that Jesus is performing. There's so many good things that are coming out. You're getting excited about the teaching. You're learning what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And all of a sudden we come to this moment and one of the good guys is getting killed. And it's kind of like, ew, do we have to bring that up? Why, why is that even important? Why, what does this have to do with being a disciple of Jesus Christ? Actually, it, it has everything to do with being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Look, it's about the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. It's about the truth because it's about the truth that John the Baptist spoke to Herod. But Herod didn't want to listen. Herodias didn't want to listen. Nobody wanted to listen. It's always about the truth. In fact, the whole Bible is about the truth that God loves us and had a plan to redeem us from the congruency of sin that first appeared in the, in the rebellion of the angel Lucifer and then in the Garden of Eden and then in Genesis 6, 1 through 4 and then in the Tower of Babel. And it continues so that the whole earth groans waiting for the redemption for the Messiah to come and stand and deliver the earth and all its creation from the wickedness of sin once and for all, the desire of sin. You see, Jesus has died for our sins so that we can be forgiven. But when he comes the next time, it's the second salvation to deliver us completely that we will be free from sin. And this is, this is the good news. But the truth, it's not wanted in the world we live in today. Look, I mean, it's hysterical, but what is the, the epitome of what's going on is the hypocrisy that untruth is cherished more than truth. Untruth is cherished far more than truth. In fact, today in Germany, the Gestapo in Germany, they arrested Santa Claus. Now, I wanted to post that up on my Instagram page, watching the German police arrest Santa Claus because he was unvaccinated. You know, you could hear Schultz in the background, Clink yelling, Schultz, shoot the man in the red suit, shoot him. But I decided not to because I, I figured I would be on like 10 more pages on wolf pages where I'd be declared a wolf because I would be like, 
you know, accused of condoning Santa Claus. And that's not what Christmas is about. I understand that. But here's my point. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. And what gets lost in the translation is it's about Santa Claus. And it's not. People would rather believe the falseness of what Christmas is about. And they're all upset about Santa Claus getting arrested. But no one's upset about Jesus being killed for our sins. You see what I mean? I'm not condoning Santa Claus. I don't want to be accused of that. Take me off your wolf page if you already put me on there. But it's about Jesus. It's always about Jesus. And so King Herod, he didn't, he didn't even get it. He missed it. And everyone here misses it. The very first part in verse 14 through 16 is they're trying to figure out who this guy is. Who is he? Well, it's John the Baptist, Herod said. No, it's not. It's the prophet Elijah. You know? No, it's not. It's one of the great prophets of old. And Herod repeats it again. No, it's John who I beheaded. But none of them, for even a possibility of a moment, says it's the Messiah. It's Jesus who's come to save us from our sins. It's the one Isaiah prophesied over. In Isaiah 53, it's, it's the Messiah that God predicted back in the Garden of Eden. It's the son of David. He's come. No, they argued for everything else but Jesus. And today that is exactly what people are doing, atheists. Oh, Jesus, he's a good man. He's a great prophet. He's a good teacher. Can't be the Messiah. No way. That's impossible. It's impossible. You can't come to die for my sins. I'm good enough. I'm a God. I'll forgive myself. I'll love myself, forgive myself. And that's the great lie. We believe the lie over the truth. But the truth has come and it's come to set us free. Free indeed. Through Jesus Christ, who shed his blood on the cross so that we might be set free. For it is the love of God that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, Romans tells us. And see, Herod, man, he, he liked John the Baptist. It even says so here. It says, you know, he bound him in prison, but he would listen to him. And he, and he liked him a lot. He, he felt good inside. Yeah. Because when you're talking about God, it makes you feel good inside. But if you're not willing to change and repent and accept the truth of God's message, then you're just wanting to have your ears tickled. And in the last days, Paul predicted that. In the last days... Paul said that men would want their ears tickled more than the truth. In fact, in Romans, the verse I've been quoting you all year long, it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven for all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. 
Why is the wrath of God revealed? Because they're suppressing the truth and they're doing it intentionally. That's what it means. Intentionally. And so, Herod felt good, but wasn't willing to change. He heard the truth. He had John arrested for speaking the truth against him. And he knew that John was a holy man. It says so. He knew that John was a prophet of God. But instead of repenting and turning from his sins, he just kept on going to what felt good. He gave himself over to the desires of his flesh, which is exactly what Romans says. God gave them over to a debased mind, to the deprived mind that they had. Read Romans chapter one. That's exactly what happened to Herod. He felt a little good when he was around God, just enough, but he wasn't willing to change. And so God said, okay, I'm gonna give you over to your debased mind. Now, the interesting thing about John is John was prophesied about in the Old Testament. In fact, one of the great, interesting mathematical equations of the Bible, the congruency of the Bible is found in Matthew chapter three. It's the fulfillment, and Matthew is the 40th book of the Bible. It's the fulfillment of Isaiah, the 40th chapter, verse Three, which predicts John, who is going to prepare the way for Christ. Prepare the way for Christ. And it's interesting because the 40th book of the 40th chapter of Isaiah, Isaiah has 66 chapters in it. If you match up, there's 66 books in the Bible. Isaiah is a microcosm of the Bible itself. Every book revealing something about the chapter it represents from Isaiah. But also we have Malachi. Malachi also does this. And let me read this for you from Malachi chapter three, verse one. Behold, I send my messenger and he will prepare the way before me and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. He was prophesied. And Jesus is say, says something very interesting about John the Baptist. He says he was the greatest prophet. Now that's kind of mind-blowing when you think about all the great prophets of the Old Testament. You know, Elijah, Mount Carmel, raising the dead, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Joel. I mean, you go through the list, it's like, man, who could be greater than those? And Jesus says John the Baptist was the greatest of them all. John the Baptist spoke the truth and he never ran from it. He never ran from it. He spoke the truth. He knew his mission. He knew what he was to do and he did it. Now, it's interesting that um, the very prison that he was sent to, uh, according to Josephus, and let me just read this out to you because this is a great thing. Josephus writes in the antiquities of the Jews, he says that the prison was Macarius, near the northeastern shore of the Dead Sea. It's interesting because John the Baptist was most likely an Essene. In fact, his theology was very Essene-like. 
his ministry was out in the deserts, dead by the Dead Sea, by Qumran, by the other areas over there in Jordan and in the Arabian area. And it was later on that Paul would go into that same region and he would study the Essene scrolls. In fact, it was there that Paul in Galatians, it describes this area that he would go to for three years. And Paul undoes his Pharisee theology, scribes theology, and he becomes very Essene-like in his theology. Later on, he takes one of the Essene scrolls, the Melchizedek scroll, and he utilizes that in the book of Hebrews. And so John the Baptist, he becomes that prophet in the desert where the Essenes are, preparing the way. And what's interesting is the Essenes have a calendar. They literally predicted the day to the day that Jesus was going to go into Jerusalem and when Pentecost was. And so John is preparing that way for them. So at Pentecost, you have 3,000 Jews, 5,000 Jews. They're coming to Christ. These are the Essenes. They've been waiting for the Messiah. You got the bad guys, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, right? And then you got the good guys, the Essenes, smaller group, the not liked group. Josephus, the historian, said this about the Essenes, though. He said they never made a prediction that didn't come true. They were absolutely accurate in their prophecies, 100%. Not one iota would be off. And so they predicted this Jesus. They were part of that, waiting, preparing the way. And John led them in that. And he made the disciples, telling them about Jesus. And many of Jesus' disciples, a few of them actually came from John. Now Herodias, she hated John and she wanted to kill John because of what he had said about her. She was, she was racked not with guilt or shame. No, she was racked with jealousy and hatred because of the truth. Today, we live in a world where people hate the truth. They don't only suppress it, they hate it. But John wouldn't back down. He would speak the truth. The question we ask today is what price are you willing to pay to speak the truth? about Jesus Christ. Are you willing to be bold in preparing and in sharing the gospel with others? Not just in the safe environments, but in the scary environments. You have to be willing to. And you have to be willing to understand that as you're sharing the gospel, you're enemy, Satan, he comes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour, the Bible says. He is devising a plan to destroy you. Jesus said this about him. Your enemy, the thief, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come to give you abundant life. We, we have to recognize that our enemy is plotting against us. You see, that's exactly what Herodias is doing. She's looking for that opportunity. And it comes when her daughter is asked to dance before Herod. The daughter comes to her and the first thing out of her mind is ask for the head of John the Baptist. I hate that man. Don't you think for a moment that if you're willing to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, 
that Satan is already plotting against you. He's absolutely doing that. He's absolutely plotting against you. In fact, you got a target so big on your back because Satan hates you. He hates you. He absolutely despises you. He's your enemy. He's come to kill, steal, and destroy. But with that understanding, we know one thing. Jesus has come to give life. And we're not alone in the battle. We're not alone. John didn't waver. John stood firm. He went, he sent disciples to Jesus just to confirm, hey, you are the one, right? And Jesus sent back the message, tell him, tell him I am the one. The dead are being raised, the blind see and the deaf hear. By the way, that comes straight from one of the Essene scrolls. In fact, that verse is actually the blind see and the deaf hear is found in the Old Testament out of the Septuagint. But the dead being raised actually comes from the Essene scrolls, that, that phrase. So John understood it. Jesus was speaking his language back to him from the scrolls of the Essenes, the prophecies of the Essenes. The dead are being raised, the blind see and the deaf hear. And it's a beautiful thing that we come to. It's a beautiful thing that we understand what Jesus is doing. And we understand the great prophecies that are coming about. And she she asks, I want John's head. That's what I want. Now listen, let's go to Isaiah 520 for a moment because I want you to see this. This is really important. Turn with me if you don't mind to the book of Isaiah in the fifth chapter. In Isaiah 5, Verse 20, these words are uttered. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitters, bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight, meaning they don't want any accountability. You see, that's part of one of the problems with truth today is nobody wants accountability because accountability means you're bound to the truth. Woe to men mighty at drinking wine. Woe to men valiant for mixing intoxicating drink who justify the wicked for a bribe and take away justice from the righteous man. Woe to them, right? Did John the Baptist get justice? No. Was he a righteous man? Yes. Woe to them. Here's the other thing that we have to understand. That we may not see the justice at that moment. John didn't. He was sitting in his prison. A guard walks in, cuts off his head, takes it away. John didn't see the justice. He didn't. But God is our justice. And God is saying, you know what? The wrath of God is revealed from heaven to men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness for all unwickedness and all ungodliness. 
So John didn't get to see his justice, but Jesus is his justice. And here's the promise. John, one day you're going to be raised back to life. And Paul says, listen, if we're not raised back to life, then the whole gospel is worthless. But because Jesus was raised from the dead, he argues in 1 Corinthians 15, we can believe that we will have eternal life and we will one day be raised. And this imperfect body will become perfect in a new body. This perishable will become imperishable. The corruptible will become incorruptible because of Jesus being crucified and being raised from the dead. Because he took the keys to death and Hades, we have the guarantee of eternal life. And John trusted that. John knew the message. John understood what was coming. John understood the battle between the sons of the light and the sons of darkness. And he chose to be part of the sons of light. What's really sad about this tragedy is that King Herod, he gained the whole world, but he lost his soul. He committed these great acts of wickedness because of lusts and the desires of his flesh. And that's what James says, right? James describes this. No one should say God is tempting me. God didn't tempt Herod. Satan did, right? But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. And then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. The sin, the desire of the flesh for Herod, lusting over the, this girl who danced before him, lusting after this woman that would belong to another man, his brother, and he married her anyways. Polygamy. Camina's great sin of adultery. The desire of the flesh led to the sins of Herod. And those sins, when they are full grown, give birth to the death. And Herod is paying the price eternally in hell. Because God is just. God is just in his judgment. And we may get away with it in this lifetime, but we will not get away with it in the next. Because our judgment is eternal. It's eternal. It's either eternal with God or eternal in hell. But John got his justice. The disciples, they take the body away. They bury it in a tomb. And you would think that was the, the end of it. But it's not. You see, John prepared the way for Jesus to come. And it may have been Friday, but a Sunday's a coming. On that Sunday, the third day, God rose Jesus from the dead. And the very message that John had been preparing the way for, that the Messiah was coming, the Messiah is coming. Repent and believe in the gospel. That Messiah had been crucified on a cross for our sins. That while we were yet sinners, yet to be born sinners, Christ died for us. And on that third day, that Sunday morning, Christ rose from the dead, bringing victory. Bringing victory in our lives. And Paul, he describes us in great detail. He said, look, there were 500 men 
who saw this. Many of them are still alive when he writes this letter. 30 years later, he's writing this in Corinthians. Hey, you can go and talk to them. They're still alive. There were women and children who saw the resurrected Jesus. There were the disciples. And then Paul finally says, and then there was me. And I don't know why I was chosen, but I even saw Jesus resurrected. That's why I went from being this horrific Pharisee, killing Christians, to becoming one of them. Because I saw the resurrected Jesus. I'm an eyewitness of it. And John's message kept on getting louder. The way that he prepared kept on getting louder. And it kept on spreading. It spread everywhere. It spread to a church that Paul planted in Thessalonica. And Paul says about this church in Thessalonica, and we're going through that on Wednesday nights. You're welcome to join us. He said about him, you, you have heard this message. Your works are so loud. It's being heard all over the world. Your witness is so great. I can actually stop. I can retire. He actually said that. I can, I don't, there's no more need for me. He says in the first chapter, because you are sending that message so loudly and so clear and with such love. The message got louder. John's message got heard. The way was prepared. And churches were being planted. And the disciples who followed Jesus, who saw the resurrected Jesus, they went from cowards who ran when Christ was arrested to dying for Jesus. Peter, who provided the notes for Mark's gospel, he went from being a coward who ran and denied Jesus to being crucified upside down. They understood. They understood that Jesus was the Messiah, that John's message was absolutely truth. And they were willing to die for that truth because they saw the resurrected Jesus and their lives were transformed by it. It's not just enough to say, I believe in God. James actually says, that's great, congratulations. The demons in hell believe in God. It's a matter of, do you believe God? Do you believe God in his words? When he said, I'm going to send a Messiah. He predicted it for thousands of years. I'm sending a Messiah. Promised Adam and Eve. Then he promised David. He said, out of the root of Jesse, you will, your Messiah will come from you. He spoke that loudly and clearly through the prophets, through the Psalms. There's over 300 prophecies about Jesus that Jesus fulfilled. That were written hundreds and thousands of years on different continents, in fact. In fact, Peter Stoner, a mathematician for applied mathematics at Pasadena City College and later on at Westmont said that for Jesus to 
self-fulfilled three prophecies, that could be understood. But to do eight prophecies, it would be like taking a red coin, marking an X on it, filling the entire state of Texas three feet high with coins, blindfolding a man, dropping that that red coin with the X in it in the, in the middle of Texas and having him find it on the first try. That's the improbability of Jesus self-fulfilling eight prophecies. But Jesus did that. And not only did he do eight, he did over 300. So that's like taking that coin, dropping it in the middle of the universe and saying, go find it on the first try. The message of John the Baptist rings loud today. But it asks the question that we asked at the very beginning. What price are you willing to pay to speak the truth? What price are you willing to pay to stand for truth? And who is your truth? Is your truth the God of this world, Satan? Or is it the one who paid the price to die for you so that you can have life? Jesus. There's only one truth, and it's absolute. And it's one way. It's narrow, and it's difficult. And that truth is in Jesus Christ. It's following him. Are you willing to be the disciple that God has called you to be? Or are you going to reject the truth? This Christmas season... The lights are out and they're beautiful. The trees are in the homes. The music is so delightful. The parties, they're wonderful. But they're blinding you to the real truth. And that truth is that Jesus came into the world to save you from your sins, to forgive you of your sins, to be the ultimate price so that you could be set free from the bondages of this world that Satan has put on you. The lust of the flesh, pornography, the pride of life, arrogance and pride. The desires of the things that are only leading to destruction, that leave you empty. Addictions to video games, pornography, whatever. But those things aren't going to last. In fact, they're going to decay. There's a verse... that comes to mind. And it's Romans 10.10. It says, For the with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. You see, do you believe in the truth and the way 
and the life of Jesus Christ? Are you willing to confess that truth? That Jesus is King, he is Lord, he is God. And that he died for you. Are you willing to confess that you are a sinner? Wretched that you are? And are you willing to let Jesus forgive you of your sins and wash you clean in the blood of life, of his life? Are you willing to confess that truth? Are you willing to stand with truth? This Christmas, don't look at the blame. Look at the cross. Look at the cross. You know that a savior came into the world to die for you. John got it. He understood it. John the Baptist knew what the truth was. He was preparing the way for it. And he gave up his life for that truth. Well, Herod, he didn't last too much longer. His life ended up in decay and disaster. He's remembered for his great architect, but he's also remembered for his great disaster. He could have been a good king, but he chose evil instead. What are you gonna choose? What path are you gonna choose? The truth or the denial of the truth? One who espouses the truth or one who suppresses the truth? Is God's wrath gonna be on you or is God's love gonna be in you? You decide, it's your free will choice. Of all the presents you need to accept this Christmas, you need to accept the free gift of God that is Jesus Christ. It's a free gift. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believeth in him will not perish but have everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, Romans 6, 23. Accept the free gift from God, his son, Jesus Christ. That's the only present you're really ever gonna need. And that is it tonight from the West Coast Gospel Hour here on Fig Tree Watchers. We want to encourage you that if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior and you're watching this or you're listening to it on one of the podcasts um, that, that we've put this over on, or you're on figtreewatchers.com and you're watching it there in the replays, we want to encourage you that if you'd like to know Jesus Christ as your Savior, to reach out to us here on Fig Tree. You can email us at info at figtreewatchers.com, info at figtreewatchers.com, or you can message me direct, Stefan, at figtreewatchers.com. And we'd like to talk to you 
and pray with you. If you need a Bible, we will definitely get you a Bible. Um, you can contact us at, once again, those same email sites that we mentioned. We just want to thank you so much for uh, listening to us as we share the gospel from our hearts. Uh, this is a uh, a ministry that my partner Io um, and I do out of our our free time that we have, which is very limited. Um, but we both work full-time jobs and we do this out of our love for God. And so we thank you for listening. Uh, if there's any questions, I'm going to give a couple moments here for those who are live tonight um, in the comment section. If you have a question, I'd, I'll be here for a few more minutes and would love to answer them for you in the remaining uh, 15 minutes that we have. Um, other than that, just want to remind everyone, the third post uh, for the Lawlessness series is up, The Congruency of Rebellion. Uh, that is up. There'll be a part two coming out in the next week. So look forward to that. But uh, please, you can go to figtreewatchers.com or you can go to the bio here on Instagram and uh, go straight to that post and, and read it um, here on Fig Tree Watchers on Instagram. And uh, any other questions going on? Anything about the Middle East that, that is uh, going on? We, we, we're seeing a lot of movement taking place in the Middle East. Um, Israel's bombing sites in Syria. Things are getting really agitated. We're seeing those labor signs that Jesus predicted. Um, wars and rumors of wars. We're seeing Russia amassing 175,000 troops. Uh, on the border of the Ukraine. You can see that on our Telegram feed at Fig Tree Watchers. We're seeing China threatening more and more to invade Taiwan and threatening the United States. We're seeing uh, Japan warning um, the United States that, that Hawaii is going to be invaded. We're seeing the Neuralink uh, by Elon Musk saying it's going to be ready by the end of 2022. Uh, it's coming, the Neuralink. You're seeing the chip being prepared uh, for your hand for the vaccine passports and being incorporated into the um, uh, digital currency like Bitcoin. So that's all coming and uh, the Bible predicted it and it's on its way. The mark of the beast is almost here, but the Antichrist isn't and we still have time. We have time to pray and repent and ask God to save our countries, whether you're in Germany, whether you're in Australia, whether you're in New Zealand, Canada, or England, or America. It's time to get on your knees and ask God to forgive you of your trespasses. Because if the people humble themselves and turn from their wickedness, God says that he will hear their prayer, forgive them of their sins, and heal their land. It's time to turn to God because what the world is offering is just messed up. Are there any questions from anyone tonight? Nope, didn't see anything. Well, thank you all for joining us tonight here on Fig Tree Watchers and uh, we will say good night, everyone. See you tomorrow as we will be going through 1 Samuel. Look forward to talking to you then. Take care, everyone. Good night.